forgot to bring up during the recap, but I think it's maybe an interesting topic of conversation for us to start today. When I was passing through the episodes and uh, looking stuff up for the recap, one little tidbit I came across during the SimCity research was that apparently Spore was one of the most, like, pirated games ever at the time, mm-hmm. which when you look back on it in retrospect may have also been a major factor in EA wanting like nearly all of their major projects moving forward to be sort of directly connected to their services. I don't know. I thought it was funny and it made me think a lot about video game piracy in general. Like if it's drastically gone up or down in any big ways since companies began cracking down on this more directly in the past generation or <laughs> oh, so. Do you know why Spore was the most pirated? Well, I mean, I'm going to assume, like, it's, this specific example may not be the best since I bet a lot of people just stole that. No. Because it, they probably weren't believing it was going to be no. any good. So there was a DRM that existed around that time and earlier called Securom, Secure ROM, and it oh, required this... online initialization in order to work. However, spores didn't work yeah. at launch, uh... and they they had to patch it out, but EA didn't want to. So a, a okay. hacker or a pirate or whoever, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. got a hold of Spore and cracked the Securom and posted it online. So <laughs> even people who bought the game had to pirate the game to play it. What? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. the DRM didn't like we work. talked about that on the show before. It has definitely come up. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, never mind that. Because I, I thought DRM this The was... DRM didn't work at all, even if you purchased the game legally. I, I think I did hear about that. Yeah. See, I thought it was one of those instances where they were, like, kind of asking for it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, they were. Oh, well, <laughs> well they were just like, go on, hack us or whatever. Like, I don't know. Because um, I mean, that's kind of the, the, the calling or the, the, the challenge to any pirates out there is to just be like, yes, we yeah. have DRM that can't be broken. And they're like, challenge <laughs> yeah, accepted. Yeah, exactly. I've, I thought I was thinking about this. What do you think... I mean, it's obviously become harder and harder since most titles are always online anyway now. But other than the ROM war, I feel like that we're not seeing news stories on modern releases the in the it's, fight against it anymore. It's there, buddy. It's right yeah. there right now. I'm I'm sure it's still out there in some aspect, of course. But we, like back I in have, 2008 uh, when Spore came out, this was seriously uh, all anyone playing on PC was like talking about, you know? I still mm-hmm. think Spore is an incredible game. You're not going to get any bad dialogue from me. <laughs> I fucking love that game. I know. I wasn't trying to, like, shit talk Spore, but that game got delayed well, a lot. Well, and I think there was, <laughs> there was a bit of uh, in the air where people weren't sure about it the way that they were other Max's titles. Some might say the best game Will Wright ever worked on. I would say that. None would say that. Are I you two out of your mind? Did, remember, the Sims? Never heard of it. Hey, remember my episode? What? I What's... said that he worked on Space Cadet Table, 3D Pinball. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Valid. That's the only proper <laughs> rebuttal to that argument. He was in the Simpsons game as a cameo as himself, uh, wasn't Wasn't he? I, I don't know. I, re- I think I remember that. I didn't play the Simpsons game. I think he makes... Oh, wait, uh, I did. I would like to <laughs> point <laughs> out... Something just about pirating that you just mentioned. Uh, I have okay. a friend who pirates literally every video game almost, and recently he's been playing Watch Dogs Legion, 
What's his name? I, uh, <laughs> I wanna... <laughs> and, Do you have his IP address? Uh, he recently has been playing Watch Dogs Legion. Which well, the he, irony of that. Which, is... he per- <laughs> which he purchased to play. And it was the first night he streamed it. I was like, hey, I got to point out the irony right now. of That fact that you bought the video game Watch Dogs Legion about Back. hacking. But we'll start every other game. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you get that's how you get in dead sec for real if you can yeah. successfully pirate Watch Dogs Legion you can be a lot of people in dead sec huh <laughs> well I mean hey you you saw those trailers anybody can be a dead sec man yeah anybody can put on the mask mm-hmm. yeah did you see that uh, little old ladies egg? John I, Wick I posted this in the gaming channel of um, uh, me and Jason's discord of all of my Ubisoft game thumbnails had Watch Dogs Legion Easter eggs in them. Oh yeah, no, yeah. Oh, I did hear about that. They did that like recently. Assassin's Creed. They all had, had like the stuff. pig yeah. face on. Because I went to go. I was like, I want to play the Division, and it was like, what the fuck? I saw like the Division Two had like the pig head guy in it, and then I looked over <laughs> at what Ghost Recon did all of. Them. I was like, what the fuck? Yep, so I, I noticed that when I booted up Siege because it boots into UPlay. Oh yeah. And the, oh. The, all the operators on the front cover were wearing pig masks cute that's, that's pretty cool uh, that's a that's an interesting yeah. like that's a i don't know you don't see a lot of that shit nowadays I think yeah it's, that's t-bone, that's true. t-bone hacked into you play man <laughs> <laughs> everybody's no, favorite watchdogs character <laughs> t-bone <laughs> classic you know sonic t-bone mario these are that's, just that's <laughs> yeah that's who would be on the video game mount rushmore yeah. right just <laughs> Sonic Mario, Sonic, Mario and T-Bone. T-Bone, the guy from Dark Void. They would all... <laughs> I was going to say, we did before we started recording, we did have like a five to ten minute exchange of jokes about Capcom's Dark Void. You're all going to be sorry when I get my copy of Dark Void in from eBay and it's just okay. <laughs> you know, I will be sorry. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, one day in the future, we'll actually dig into that whole side of gaming, though, for real. The piracy stuff, not Dark Boy. I don't oh. think Dark Boy's getting its own <laughs> no, episode. No, nope. <laughs> not what it is now, buddy. You invited brought it. it. You brought it up. I'm sure the three of us have just as much to say on game DRM and uh, Dark Boy. I've thought about doing an episode on that, not to divulge too much to the listening audience, but that Capcom initiative where they were just like, we have to sell games in America, damn it. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, well, that's how Lost you got Planet, Dead Rising, Dead Rising yeah. Bionic Commando, awesome. Dark Void, the DMC reboot, all that shit. Yeah, now they just realized that well, they could them. just make Resident Evil Monster Hunter good, and then they're fine. Yeah, it's almost like uh, <laughs> tastes do vary by region. However, a good game is good, regardless yeah. of where you live. <laughs> yeah. Michael Bay is going to make the new Dark Void movie. It's going to start with Jovovich driving a Humvee <laughs> through the desert. I mean, anything will be better than either what Capcom's film endeavors are now and also Michael Bay. <laughs> I don't know. I watched the first 12 minutes of the Resident Evil movie. They said Umbrella <laughs> the in it. The first one? <laughs> And as a fan, you can sh- as the biggest Resident don't even. Evil fan. Oh, don't. <laughs> All you need to watch is the gif of the guy getting sliced up by the lasers, and wow, you're good. Spoilers. Man. I was going to yeah. say, I bet you compared to the garbage they've dumped out about Resident Evil movies since then, the first one probably seems <laughs> quaint and interesting in retrospect. <laughs> well, now it's Monster Hunter's fans turned to get upset. Though that I, movie, don't see, that, I didn't see anything in that trailer that would be upsetting. I, I'm pretty sure that's just a reskinned Resident Evil movie sequel. Yeah, they just reused uh. the same footage. <laughs> it's just instead of zombies, they just photoshopped a Rathalos over it. <laughs> 
Well, here we are, guys. It's Krimba season, uh, kind of. Those of you listening when this goes live will be living it anyway. Uh, but outside of that, it's time for Microtransactions 4. I can't believe for a second, won the election. <laughs> for a second, I was like, wait, is this Microtransactions 4, or did I just fuck around writing this story for no reason? I always enjoy these. Um, for the folks that may not be familiar, it's a series where we all get to take turns being the lovely host for the day, each of us getting to bring a nice little smaller topic of conversation to the table, subjects that may not warrant a full two hours of deep diving, but are still super interesting nonetheless. Honestly, some of our craziest shit have come from these episodes before, it's great. So let's get into it. I'm Randall Beatrice, here, of course, with Austin Blakesley. Uh, and Chris Adantuano. Meh. This, this is the excitement of somebody who just bought Dark, uh, dark Boy. God damn it. Let's <laughs> <laughs> pick this up. We got, we got games to play. Yeah. Uh, now, despite you both previously... Dark Boy's like uh, the best game I bought. I also <laughs> bought Rogue Warrior, Bionic Commando, yeah. Haze, Lair, Two Human. Man, you, the, the, the saddest part is that you might be right. No, uh, I also bought I also bought Prey. Yeah. Which we've Bio- done an and episode on. And you bought on, Bioshock. And, and it's a great... Stuff too. Yeah. Now, despite you both previously giving me insight on what you picked, I somehow still have already forgotten. So Good. that'll Don't just talk about make it uh, better Same. when we revealed to everyone what we chose. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been some serious variety doing this in our past ones as well, which I love. I'm following with tradition, though. Uh, Chris, uh, would you like to serve the ball and go first? Set the stage for us all. <laughs> all right. Area 51. <laughs> the Belo- game or the place? Yeah. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Beloved secret military bear base. <laughs> okay. Which has very obviously been used to design experimental aircraft and then even more obviously used conspiracy theories from burnt out hippies and wild ass <laughs> desert people to keep everything covered up. So we're not going to get into alien conspiracies, but we Aww. are going to talk My about... My arms were up, Naruto run style. The it's... beloved light gun video game from the late 90s <laughs> called Area 51. Hell yeah. <laughs> Which I'm sure if you've ever hung out in a movie theater, you've at least <laughs> dumped a few quarters hey, into the uh, area I, 51. I, I worked at a movie theater. We had one there. <laughs> I knew a very rich kid in my neighborhood that had a gun con for his PlayStation. There, I mean, there was a shitty reboot of that game. He well, came exactly. We're going to talk about not the light gun game from the 90s, but its own oh, remake-ish no. in 2005, <laughs> also called Area 51. <laughs> uh, developed or re- released by Darling Midway um, for yes, PS2, Xbox, and Windows, and almost a GameCube release. It was canceled. It didn't get the oh, GameCube release. Um, damn. Area it's 50- weird that they would cancel that one and not the other two. That's weird. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> that is weird, right? Um, Area 51 was, quote, generally favorable first-person action shooter where you can, well, you can probably guess what you do in an early 2000s shooter called Area 51. <laughs> I don't really think I need to describe that. Though the game was middle of the road, it somehow boasted this insane voice acting cast. David what? Duchovny, Marilyn yeah. Manson, Powers Booth, <laughs> who's an English uh, guy, uh, Nolan North, of course, and yeah. Ian Abercrombie. I had to look him up. He's like an, he's a comedian actor, but he's apparently pretty famous. Um, uh, David Duchovny was in the uh, was in Thirteen, uh, also X Files, alongside That's Adam probably West. what they were. Well, going no, for. but I, I, well, yeah, I know, I know why he was chosen, but I was talking specifically about his video game David career. David Duchovny right? was in Californication. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, so what is all that and media? Zoolander. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what does all that mediocrity get you? Well, again, developed and released by Midway, this time for PS3 and Xbox 360 generation, another even more loosely, loosely, loosely related sequel. I already know sequel. what you're going to say. I, I don't. Black Sight, Black Sight Area, Area 51. 51. What the fuck was Looking it up game? on eBay right now. Oh, God. <laughs> was that an arcade game? That was like a full... No shit. Okay. Well, I'll let Chris explain. Yeah, there, no, um, there's um, a black spot in my Black Site Area 51 was literally another first-person action shooter. Um, and much like its levels of separation from the original light gun game that inspired it, its reviews are similarly separated. It's got <laughs> hard mixed to negative reviews across the board. It's a it's a very middle generation PS3 Xbox 360 first person shooter game. Gotcha. I can picture it now probably. <laughs> it boasts like six whole weapons and you can only two at a time. Six. Slap that on the box. <laughs> I didn't even know they made that many weapons. <laughs> I am not going to get into the game itself because mostly I don't give a shit about this game. <laughs> and and uh, if you really want to know about it, just look oh it up. Oh, my God. I've, I remember yeah. that box. The okay. box cover right. is very kind of iconic, and that yeah. nostalgia is kind of what this story is <laughs> kind of about. So just a little bit about the game, a little snippet here. Um, Harvey Smith, who is an industry veteran, um, who was the executive creative director of the game. He worked on like System Shock and Deus Ex, and he most notably was one of the lead creatives wow. on Dishonored. So since then, <laughs> he's gone on to do incredible things and has yeah, before this. Um, he quit pedigree. in the middle of developing this game. <laughs> and here's just some quotes in an article I found from him about Black Sight Area 51 development. Quote, so fucked up, end quote. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, with a year to go, the game was disastrously off rails. And, quote, it went straight from alpha to final. So, <laughs> if those three snippets will give you any insight into the development of the game itself, it was rushed to development. It seemed to be just Sounds put like out it. as, like, a, let's get a fucking game out the door, people. <laughs> and it was hideously delayed because it was Unreal 3, I think. I guess would that be that era I'm for the sure. time yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah and Unreal 3 had notoriously horrible issues running on PlayStation 3 so they oh, right. struggled they got, getting the game to work on Bioshock ran into that that was Unreal 2 but they also ran into uh, yeah. yeah the PS3 had a turns out the PS3 was a fucked up console <laughs> for more information <laughs> listen to our Xbox 360 episode hey you could fold it home alright yeah good <laughs> Call back to microtransactions one. You could you could set it up as a Linux server. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right, well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the story here isn't actually really about this game particularly itself. It's, it, that's just a mediocre first-person shooter from two console generations ago. Um, this oh, story God, right. actually <laughs> takes place this very year, which is 2020 when we're recording this, and it wow. takes place barely two or three months ago. But the story <laughs> is kind of open and shut. 
I just read about it one day, and I was like, this will be a perfect microtransaction. So I didn't Yeah, find, I have I, no idea what you're about to get into. I didn't Holy find shit. anything else to, to do for microtransactions, so I picked this. Okay, <laughs> so we're going to do just kind of like a little bullet point timeline to get the most of the information on the story. A Steam game, I'm not sure the exact day, appears on Steam suddenly with no warning, no nothing, under the name Black Sight. And the game, despite having the wrong name, has all the screenshots, everything. Basically, it's Black Sight Area 51. That's the game. But <laughs> okay. it's just called Black Sight. It just shows up on Steam. Huh. And it's releasing on August 19th. Okay? 2020? Yes. Of this year? Yep. Okay. August what? 19th of this year. Okay? So. <laughs> all right. August 5th. I'm going to do two snippets from blogs because I kind of want to set the stage here for the feeling around it. So yeah. here's the story from August 5th, titled Black Site, Area 51 Infiltrates Steam on August 19th. So uh, the article starts pretty common, and uh, the infiltrates was spelled wrong because when I pasted it into my notes, <laughs> it was like, do you want to correct this? And I was like, wait, I copied that from the headline directly. <laughs> <laughs> I went back and looked, and it was it was spelled oh, wrong. Perfect. Get an editor. So, um, it's start- I think it was just a blog, which that's why I'm not naming uh, it. I'm not interested okay. in calling also, it. Still funny. <laughs> Even if you work at a multi-million dollar company, editors have much better to do than than copy edit the <laughs> the, 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 the release. The like about a- Black Site Area 51. <laughs> it was clearly no, that's a typo. has got to be the most clicked on thing yeah. of the day. <laughs> it's yeah. clearly a typo. I don't think they didn't know how to spell it, but still. Um, so, it starts off as a pretty common article. It just talks about the game history, kind of like I did almost, where it's just like, hey, this is Black Site Area 51. It's a successor to Area 51, a light game. The development sucked. This guy quit. Like, it's all the pretty, the basic information. Now we're going to get a quote here directly from the article. Quote, The Area 51 games have never been too deep or heavy, but they're usually a fun romp and satisfy the alien blasting itch if that's what you're in the mood for. I can still remember pumping quarter after quarter to the original Area after, uh, 51 arcade shooter at my old movie theater. That's funny <laughs> that we just that. It <laughs> yeah, wasn't really. particularly smart or complex, but it was fun. Check out Black Sight Area 51 Steam page for more info and add it to your wish list. So that seems like that's pretty <clears throat> simple enough. Yeah. You know, article yeah, shit yeah. about the game. Here's another one. From August 6th, another article. Black Sight, Area 51 reemerges on Steam for dot 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 some reason. I like that, that <laughs> article because it kind of editorializing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Kind of feels how I feel about it. Once again, same exact thing, starts the exact same way. That's why all journalism is the same. It's like the game was developed <laughs> this by this people, midway, blah blah blah, rough development, light gun, jet, blah 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 blah. Quote, there is a new publisher, however, this time, MB Publishing, which makes sense because Midway went under in 2009 and most of its assets were picked up by Warner Brothers. Interesting that it included the Area 51 series. So (laughs) on how MB Publishing managed to get a hold of its another question entirely. Do you think that was just tacked on to like the the money spent on Mortal Kombat? Yeah. Yeah. We're not sure. Oh, for dub for Warner Brothers, for sure. The Warner Brothers just fucking opened up its big whale mouth and sucked <laughs> in the plankton that was left of fucking Midway. That's a good metaphor. <laughs> and Area 51 happened to be there. there. <laughs> 
take note of that for the story. Remember, they're pretty like interesting that this MB Publishing managed to get a hold of it. It's another question entirely of how they did. We don't know who they are, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so then the article continues on kind of, hey, it's not a good game, but if you missed out on this little piece of gaming history, now's your chance to pick it up. Like, it's pretty cool. Sure. Check it out. Steam, August 19th. Check out your <laughs> wish list. All this stuff, you know? <laughs> August 7th. That's the next day after this article is published. Posted on a Steam community forum, um, the leader of a group known as Sentinels of the Store. If you would like to know what this Steam community group is, <laughs> here's their header for their page. Quote, The Sentinels of the Store is a group centered on bringing to light developers that game the Steam system for personal gain, as well as partaking in anti-consumer practices and blatantly misrepresenting themselves and their games on the Steam store. So, it seems to be some sort of, like, neighborhood Whoa. watch for the, the Steam store. Um, Weird. All right. I did not know that that existed <laughs> until now. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, of course, because Valve doesn't do that. Well, <laughs> I, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about it. Half of me agrees with what Austin's sentiment is like the community shouldn't have to do this. It's cool yeah. that they are standing up for these kind of standards. The Valve should, but the other part of me is like, go, the, go do something else. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> but but I, it, it it has looking out for the little it's man. It's cool, yeah. It's cool to be like consumer protection, whatever, whatever. But like, I don't trust gamers to understand consumer protections whatsoever. Mm. Yeah, based that, on that what is, they complain where do you about. put your faith? And it also has a little bit of a right wingy militia vibe to that. Uh, yes. So I'll get more specific on what you just said. You don't like the idea that gamers should have this sort of thing, and I agree with it. And this person who does this also seems to share that sentiment with us because they're very hesitant in what they do later on in the story. Okay. Interesting. So this post on the Steam community forum, I have it right here. I'm not going to read through the whole thing. We'll just kind of skim through it and talk about what it's uh, about. They're talking about, first of all, another game that was a Frankenstein monster of copyright infringement. They don't directly talk about what game that is, but Golden I Eye. think it was... Limbo Lost. Limbo Lost. I think it was the game we talked about on that episode yeah. of Hot Oh, yeah, yeah, that was Limbo the Lost. Yeah, yeah, that was my last one. Yeah, yeah. so okay. I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting. So they're talking about that and like, oh, I can't <laughs> believe it. Like, what? how is this here? Like, <laughs> you know, it's just like all that kind of stuff. That sounds like it. Yeah. Quote, the game linked above is Blacksite, which is being pitched as the Steam release for the 2007 FPS by Midway Games, Blacksite Area 51. Midway Games unfortunately shut down back in 2008, and the rights to Blacksite were transitioned to Warner Brothers. Okay, end quote. So, so it seemed like it was like very like planned and not... Yeah. It, it was, yeah, to not have the Area 51 name attached to it. This person kinda. goes on down here. We're going to move on to another paragraph in the post. This person seems to be suspicious. They're like, all right, so the reality is it showed up on Steam with very little promotion at all. Like, there was no talk about it, no nothing. The store page is pretty thin. It's got a little, it kind of just showed up with very little information, all this shit. And that kind of got a couple people suspicious. So they looked at it and they're like, okay, it shows Midway Games as the developer, but the publisher is listed as MB Publishing, which was brought up in that article from a couple of days before. They're like, oh, that's, these guys got a hold of it. 
However, the yeah. MB publishing page on Steam has zero other games. It's a fresh profile with zero other games besides Black Site. <laughs> so okay, with this, yeah, we all got to start somewhere. <laughs> I don't, so, I, how much? How much was it listed for? Did it say? Uh, I have no idea. I didn't actually okay. even look I, it I up. I assume um, it, it had to be like twenty bucks or something. But. Yeah, uh, the Steam store page has since been removed, uh, which is why I can't find it. But we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> so the forum post goes on to say that they were discussing and they were like, "Okay, this is kind of questionable." So they talked about it a little bit more in this forum. So they're like, "Okay." Somebody's talking to the developer, asking him questions. Why is it renamed just Black Site instead of Black Site Area 51? The developer yeah. claims that it was for, quote, marketing purposes. And that's all they said. And it's like, <laughs> that's oh, vague. Okay, <laughs> but whatever. It's not sure. really anything serious, you know? But it's just still kind of suspicious. Another people brought up the quality of the screenshots on the post. They were like, hey, these look like shit. Like, what's <laughs> why? Why do these screenshots like look really bad? Almost like they were ripped from a 360 instead of being modern. <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. It is almost like that. <laughs> the developer claims that he would fix them up. So this drew the next bit of suspicion that the developer just said he in quotes. It's not a team. It's not a developer. It's one it's insinuating guy? that it's just one guy. <laughs> what? Push comes to shove. Later on, talking in the forums, this developer claims that he, this individual person, quote, a deal was struck between him and the current asset holder, hence why he can post it. So the mystery is solved, right? <laughs> he has the rights? Well, no, he lied. What? End quote. Of course he lied. Oh, my God. How are you going to get out of business dealings with Warner Brothers Entertainment? I know, but like... So the oh, rest I'm... of this, the next part of this forum post... How do I know how he lied? Quote, I have the best evidence you can ever ask for. A whistleblower that wishes to remain anonymous, who has been in contact with the developer, shared some chat logs with me. I cropped them slightly to remove the whistleblower, but this is the most important one. I have a <laughs> chat log right here, and I will read it word for word. Quote, I know Warner Brothers will DMCA take down this. I just need that to happen after I release the game, or I will have a shit ton of money by then anyway. <laughs> Nobody has done this before, so I was curious. Oh my god. Like, I mean, I don't know about a shit ton of money, considering, uh... I was gonna say, the amount of video games well, that are on... probably got buried, like... I was gonna say, the amount of video games that are on Steam that you could post and make a shit ton of money, even if they were live for an hour. Yeah. We've been talking recently about uh, Silent Hill 2 is still not on Steam, and Silent Hill 3. There are petitions. People are literally begging for it. And there are PC versions of them out there, and fans have fixed them. Like, you could More do that. More than Konami ever could. Well, but, yeah, but, he get, wasn't... but you'd get caught. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, he wasn't interested in putting out a mod. Do you remember for a while, there was a guy that made a game on Steam called Not GTA Five. Yes. Yeah, yeah that, <laughs> that came out shortly after Grand Theft Auto V actually did. And that got pulled, but he sold the game for, like, what, 50 cents or, like, a dollar yeah, or something? he made bank. He, I'm, I'm sure he did. Like, <laughs> we know people that own it. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny, though. I, like I'm, I'm weirdly on this asshole side because I just think it's hilarious. That's so, I mean, the the sides here are this ballsy motherfucker and Warner Brothers Entertainment. 
AOL Time Warner. Like, I wonder fuck how well them. it worked, though. The actual like it, motivations, we're not going to know. Unless we can dig in and get a hold of those forms, which I tried to do a little Discord app sleuth thing, and I could not find like if anybody archived yeah. them anywhere or anything. Aside from that, we'll never know his intentions. To me, it seems like this dude was like, you know what would be a good idea? To take a random fucking game. Look, Steam has been uploading a lot of old school console content to their totally. catalog. So yeah. it makes sense that a random fucking game like Black Sight Area 51 would get thrown up. He goes, all right, let me just pick a random fucking game that's like kind of middle of the road that people eat up for nostalgia's sake, make a couple yeah. grand and fucking dip out. And I, then bounce. Yeah. I, I think that was his idea. I mean, I wonder how much work he actually did. He lucked out in that there was a Windows version, but... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't know what the process actually is to releasing your sure own that, content. That game might have been games for Windows, though. I wonder. Oh, well, considering the time, that's very possible. Um, <laughs> Strip that up. Yes, yes, it was, I think. I can, wow. I can you, to be You would sure, have to but... remove that DRM. You know, now I changed my mind. This, this guy rules. <laughs> yeah, right? Just put up a Games for Windows Live version of a game, a service that's long dead. Oh. Um, So, basically, this person on this Sentinels of the Store page is hesitant, but decides to rally his community to message legal at wb.com, send them a bunch (laughs) of emails alerting them that this game is a scam, and the game is taken down. It catches a little bit of steam before it gets taken down, and a screen rant actually picks up that story and writes a little article about it. That's where I first read it, from this screen rant article. Where yeah. the guy is basically just like, hey, <laughs> like somebody is trying to scam with Black Sight Area 51 on Steam. Just, That's amazing. This game I never kind heard of slipped before. through the cracks. It gets taken down, and that seems to be the end of it. I would assume so. That's the end of the story. There's no, doesn't seem to be any legal action out there. If there is, it's all fucking very under wraps. It doesn't seem like this guy got in yeah. trouble. Even this from August 18th on this forum. Posting the permanent profile URL of the scammer so it never gets lost. I went to his profile URL. Dude's playing Counter-Strike this week. Like, <laughs> so he's not, like, in jail or anything. Like, uh, Yeah. He like, didn't even get banned from Steam. Sorry, yeah. he played Counter-Strike yeah. today. Last played <laughs> November 2nd. I just clicked on it. <laughs> yeah, you didn't hit nothing. Like, literally no fucking... God, this, guy, this guy's my hero. <laughs> I wonder how how long was it up? Um. Okay. So it was. I not. I don't know the exact time it went up. It couldn't have been long. It seems to have gone down around a couple of days after August seventh. So somewhere okay. between the tenth. So it probably was up for a couple of weeks. That's a, that's a while. That's more than the game I'm about to talk about. <laughs> I'm not, it's kind of just a weird story. It's just a story of a game, like, slipping through the cracks, kind yeah. of, almost, because clearly Valve has historically had issues with what gets uploaded to their own fucking server. Um, they still do. And they still do. And it's just interesting that in the midst of all that, somebody could almost still slip in those cracks and upload somebody else's game (laughs) from the 2000s and be like, bye, maybe? And get away with it, almost. (laughs) If not for these fucking Scooby-Doo gang of fucking Steam kids. Pulling yeah, off I the mask. That's the thing. Like you said, it's it wasn't Warner Brothers that fucking caught him. It was this neighborhood watch yeah. of, of steam protector vigilantes. Yeah, he, whatever. W- he probably would have got away with it too if it weren't for these. If it wasn't for these pesky. <laughs> <laughs> 
so like I said, uh, I, I'm not. I don't know enough about the, his motives or anything to know whether or not he's just like a guy. It's like, oh, this would be cool to fucking know. upload yeah. it, or if he was just trying to make a buck, or if these Steam Sentinel people are fucking little assholes or actually helping. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Uh, um, it's uh, all the players. Uh, to be honest, <laughs> once again, who cares about the players? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, regardless of what their motivations are, it's uh, it's an interesting little snapshot of the story that happened right here yeah. under our noses on Steam. Um, I, compl- a I completely missed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and how many people are involved? Like, I thought it was very interesting that that blog is like, no, it's just this new publisher that we don't know anything about. Interesting how they got a hold of it. <laughs> Nobody questioned to be like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, because I guess, again, like, I don't know fully what the submission process is for Steam, but presumably you need to have, uh, like, because you list your company, right? The, like, yeah. your company profile. And so he kind of just got away with making one and putting it out there. <laughs> like, Yeah. Here, uh, I just put it in a Discord, just the screen cap of him saying it's a scam. <laughs> uh, that's great. Oh, <laughs> well, that's it. That's my story. No, that's a good story. Yeah, I was curious. I love this guy. <laughs> that sounds like something I would do. Yeah. Like, I wonder if I could scam Valve. That's what... I'm, I mean, I bet you probably could. This guy no, did. No, I'm just saying, like... <clears throat> I bought Dark Void. I'm into doing stupid stuff for no reason. <laughs> is, Dar- is, Dark- is Dark Void on Steam? I think so. <laughs> Damn it. Fucking hurry up, open it up. Oh, God. Updating, no! <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... I know I hinted at this story a wee bit on the intro to my topic on microtransactions number three, but seeing as it was still ongoing back in uh, June last summer, I decided it might be best if I waited until this whole ordeal was truly over. <laughs> Luckily now, I can say that it should be. I never went to give anything definitive again after Kingdoms of Amalar, but Cooking Mama Cookstar. <laughs> Probably my favorite gaming controversy of recent years, because literally almost everything surrounding the announcement, release, and pull of this innocuous digital toy for all ages is dumb. (laughs) In case you didn't own a DS or Wii, the Cooking Mama titles are basically a collection of cooking simulation style minigames where you make food. That's it. Uh, Often with the power of waggle and touchscreens, their first entry was in 2006. And the studio, appropriately named now Cooking Mama Limited, has put out tons ever since. 14 to be exact, including Cookstar and the numerous spin-offs such as Gardening Mama and Babysitting Mama. All very progressive, I'm sure. Now, despite all sharing the same dev team and them only being available across three separate Nintendo-exclusive platforms, the series has had multiple publishers depending on the region. Uh, Taito and Square Enix in Japan, 505 in Europe, Majesco here. The common thread, however, remained identical. The look, the main character, the consoles promoting them. Well, there there might have been like an iOS one in there, but whatever. There is. Yeah. I played it. (laughs) How was it? Not good. (laughs) So, well, that's the thing. I personally only played like the first two for maybe a couple minutes. It seemed fine. The franchise wasn't ever known for its high review scores, but instead its massive sales in contrast to its low cost to produce. There's a reason they made so many constantly. Well, I guess, Austin, that brings me, like, did either of you guys, for whatever fucking reason, ever try any of these? Like... I tried the iOS one. Well, I, well I'm... 
like the the mainline ones. I tried the first DS one, I think. Okay, I was gonna say I sure I'm sure you you both remember the uh, the just shameless era of shovelware for the Wii and DSs. It was insane. <laughs> I only absolutely play, isn't that most only, of what the Wii is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I only play cooking games if they are stressful as shit. Like uh, like cooks are delicious. Cooks are delicious. Overcooked. <laughs> That's my bag. Diner Dash. I will definitively Diner say Dash. I fucking hate those games. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not so much of a fan either. It's they, not. It's not my kind of entertainment for sure. They make you guys me are anxious. Wrong. <laughs> uh, back to Cookstar though. Uh, God, where do I even fucking start with this thing? Um, I guess at the beginning, then launch day, then backwards, then fully forward. Uh, it's gonna be just like Pulp Fiction. You ready? <laughs> yep. <laughs> So according to its official announcement from August 2019, Cooking Mama Cookstar was said to be hitting storefronts on March 31st of this year. It was to be priced at $39.99, quite standard for these. Uh, Although interestingly enough, there was already a few things off in the press release images that will all come into play when the shit later hits the fan. And it wasn't the new edition of vegetarian dishes. First. Pussy food in my game. (laughs) Uh, That was my right-wing impression. (laughs) First, was that it was being handled by both a different publisher and a different developer than normal this time. The people behind the actual programming, First Playable Productions, was now a small American group in Troy, New York, known for mobile apps rather than the uh, original Cooking Mama limited team in Japan. Second, was the distribution now being under a company called Planet Entertainment another business from the U.S. that specialized in getting out low-budget Switch trash. They made arms? (laughs) (laughs) That's a thing thing of Nintendo. (laughs) Which uh, brings me to my third comment on the reveal. It was formally to be released for not just the Switch, but a PlayStation 4 edition was also (gasps) being promoted to land on shelves a month afterwards in April, alongside the delayed European and Australian versions. A noticeable first for the IP was Sony. Mind you, Each of these will become a huge factor soon. At this point, though, there isn't particularly much else to say. There was a trailer that landed on YouTube, a new Cooking Mama game was coming out, but who really cares, right? It'll likely do fine for the casual crowd that enjoys them, no one else will pay attention to it, and then everybody will move on together. Not exactly. (laughs) So in what is still a mystery today, the title suddenly appeared on Nintendo's eShop for digital download on March 26th, 2020 six days ahead of its supposed launch. There was no public reveal of this beforehand, no review codes were sent to outlets, just a public drop that you can immediately get. Just like the Area 51 black site list, I forget. Um, And this was if you saw it. Not entirely unheard of for games to do from time to time, but then it was pulled a mere hours later. Uh, Unlike uh, Area 51. Hours? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably just a mistake. Less than a week later, the legitimate release date rolls around, except it had yet to return. Physical units were said to be out there, although they were extremely difficult to locate. Even the biggest retailers like Walmart and Amazon had their listings reading as unavailable. The online page for the Switch Marketplace was simply gone. A select few people, however, able to obtain theirs through hunting around various gaming and electronic shops, such as Target, that were lucky enough to have a single copy or two. GameStop themselves weren't even delivering on the small number of pre-orders taken for it. 
Twitter then became a light, with comments from enthusiasts sharing their finds while going on to question the validity of its existence for sale, while others fired up eBay auctions to profit off of Schrodinger's video game, as IGN coined it. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, like the cat. <laughs> as strange as this was, though, it certainly wasn't anything hot-button worthy. Not yet. It's super rare, but instances of occurrences like this have happened in the industry before. EA recalling NBA Elite 11 post boxes of it arriving at stores back in 2010 after the response to the demo was so poor comes to mind as a couple of those did make its way into buyer's myths with them now being considered highly valuable. It's like the rarest 360 game. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's me hosting, and you know it's got to be stupider than that. It can't just be a bad game. And those that did decide to open their copies did openly speak of its less than stellar quality, even when compared to the rest of the Cooking Mama entries. Otherwise, there wasn't anything broken or offensive about it, not overtly. It was questionable that Cookstar had been going under a separate name at one point, and that an earlier trailer portrayed the wrong release window and URL. It was rated by the ESRB with nothing out of place there, but when the Australians rating board gave it its initial label, they then took it down for an updated listing that had the developer removed. None of the partners involved had the title displayed on their respective websites. Older promotions for it were deleted. Everyone was being super quiet on the socials. The PS4 version was completely absent. None of it made any fucking sense. <laughs> Which, hmm. speaking of, let's now discuss what happened next. A few days later, on April 5th, a tweet from a fella named Jim screencapping a Discord conversation with user UHABRO, all caps, <laughs> would go viral. It said, PSA for Cooking Mama Cookstar, uh, with the actual this forum is my favorite post part. I'm reading. This is my favorite part. <laughs> yeah. I, know, I know it's coming. I yeah. love this part. Yeah, so, <laughs> the actual forum post reading. At everyone, this is urgent. Apparently, if you own Cooking Mama Cookstar, uninstall that immediately. It's using your system to mine cryptocurrency and potentially handing your personal info uh, as well. Credit to uh, Cyber Shroom for the heads up is, is how he ends it. What the sorry, fuck? The, yeah, sorry. The sentence structure here isn't exactly right. perfect. I need, to, I need to take a break from your story for a second. Yeah. So when the copies leaked... Were they just for the Switch or were there PS4 copies too? Uh, just for the Switch. Okay. So <laughs> why the fuck would you make a game? Criminals out there, I got a lesson for you. If you're gonna if you're gonna steal people's processing power to mine cryptocurrency, don't do it on the fucking Nintendo Switch. I know. It's like that thing okay. can mine like point zero 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 one cents an hour. I know. I was getting like my exact thought immediately was like, all right, we can have uh we can accidentally email somebody one thing and use their computer to mine five percent, or if we get a game on to ten million switches we could perhaps have maybe three percent power it's like, <laughs> a follow-up from someone else called rubber ducky go quack quack then wrote underneath the company that published it is owned by the surviving koch brother the actual owners of cooking mama don't know shit about it the press release describes it as having blockchain-based DRM, which I will get to that. The headquarters of the publisher is a house in Connecticut. If you got your hands on it, it won't launch unless you're online. Switch network traffic skyrockets, battery life craters, and the thing overheats in about oh, half yeah. an hour. I didn't even Did think of that. Mining, 
<laughs> Mining Bitcoin is going to drain the fuck out of that battery. <laughs> yeah, lots too. to unpack here. Uh, oh, oh, did way, you say the cot? Yeah. Did you say, oh, oh I, thought it, I thought it was Koch, brother. Coke. It's Coke? It's K-O-C-H, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, it's pronounced that You're Coke. talking about those, the billionaires. No. Yeah. No. Wait. Finish your okay. thing. I'll get to it. All right. <laughs> now. I don't know if you bring that up later or if it's part of the controversy. Is it? Kind of. Okay, go ahead then. I'll, I'll explain it when you get to it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so while issues of cybersecurity and data collecting among citizens are indeed a very real and present concern, the idea of a console as hilariously underpowered as the Nintendo Switch using its processing power for bit mining is so laughable that I have no clue how anyone took this to heart to begin with, as Austin said. <laughs> Nonetheless... That didn't stop the conspiracy theorists out there from shouting their warnings, nor did it end the continuous spread of misinformation. Because, as with most ridiculous claims, there technically were still connections from the wildly unrealistic declarations to the honest truth. And yeah, it, it was odd. <laughs> it's important to see here that the Cooking Mama Twitter account, as well as First Playable and Planet Entertainment, did come out with a statement the night after this exploded, rejecting the false reports of any, quote, hidden capabilities that would cause systems to overheat. But they then weirdly went on to explain that the publisher did, in fact, research both blockchain tech and crypto tokens during their work on the game. Quote, we looked at these options as a means to allow players to trade in-game assets. However, we only explored the theory behind the concept, not the implementation. Cooking Mama Cookstar, nor any of our other titles in the past or near future, will utilize crypto technology. End quote. Just super suspicious timing, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They then went on to state that there was nothing else shady in the code in line with pulling personal data, and that the Switch is a safe platform, not associated with any privacy breaches through their files. It was fine to run offline. Notice none of these answers were in relation to the product itself, still not coming back to the eShop. What the hell is he even talking about that led to this narrative in the first place? Yeah. See, the feature in question that he's referencing wasn't just born out of nowhere. The reason this even had to be refuted to begin with, there seriously was a press release from August last year that did indicate that these ideas were going to be a part of their projects. It was even prominently shown on their official website, before being promptly removed later, of course. But it's not as if those most suspicious just came to these crazy conclusions on their own. They were openly discussing blockchain and, quote, private key-enabled balance DRM on multiple occasions regarding Cookstar. It was initially a selling point for them. The first use of it on any major console, they touted. Going uh, all the way back to January of 2019, there were other quotes from them cutely naming the BitMoney rocket tokens uh, that they costed a dollar each and would help fund not only Cooking Mama, but other creative endeavors by them down the road. Now, who knows how much of that garbage was even sold or passed around. The articles I found, like Kotaku couldn't even bring up the proper evidence backing this in their searches that these tokens were publicly out there. But like, it, it was their fault. Even the section in the post about the address appearing online as a lonely house in Connecticut was true. Nobody knew why. <laughs> that and the further accusations regarding the battery draining may also not be totally inaccurate either. The game wasn't well optimized. The thought of a Switch console getting loud or warm or even going through its remaining charge quickly isn't unheard of for select demanding titles. Was this overblown? 
most assuredly, although the silence surrounding its availability was only building the case against the studios more that something was up. At the core of this, there were still fans and families that just wanted to play the thing. So now allow me to tell you what was going on with that and why nobody was saying anything except for the few reviewers that later managed to find a copy. They were not impressed as it stands today at a 46 on Metacritic. Reportedly, the motion control sucked, the voiceovers were awful, and above all else, the gameplay was tedious. Anyway, the followers impressed, they sat in the dark. Uh, so yeah, what the fuck happened? Well, it turns out the yanking of it was actually due to a legal fight between Planet Entertainment and the owner of the intellectual property, Cooking Mama Limited. I also uh, should specify that they used to be Office Create before that. Uh, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, way less uh, adorable sounding. But uh, a title had finished development, gone gold, and went through stages of advertising when it apparently never even had the permissions to be launched, especially with that fucking PS4 run. This was revealed on April 15th, by the way, that this was all an attempt for the creators to pull the plug over quality concerns. All while Planet just went ahead and distributed it anyway, <laughs> collecting money from its sales, not dissimilar from... Uh, I forgot his name, but our our lonely uh, Steam uh, <laughs> yeah. hacker, hacker friend. NB Entertainment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> NB Entertainment. Uh, the holders at CML, meanwhile, had no qualms with putting the soon-to-be-sued publisher on blast, stating, quote, This was an unauthorized release in breach of Planet's contract with Office Create. They then went on to elaborate on the confusion by saying that the game did not meet their standards and that the partnership was fully terminated on March 30th, 2020, one day before release. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they had to act fast. These bastards were besmirching the good name of Mama. And, uh, and oh, that, that uh, also additions for the PlayStation 4 were never a part of that deal. Mama don't go behind Nintendo's back to cook for the enemy, apparently. So what was Planet Entertainment's response? Days prior to this news dropping, their first offense was that the Rocky launch was due to the COVID-19 outbreak, instructing their potential buyers to be patient and that everything was just so crazy right now, basically. Uh, of course, now we know that wasn't really it. I know the pandemic fucked a lot up in terms of this kind of thing, but... I don't know. It's hard to scam people while there's a pandemic going on. <laughs> is this Cooking Mama Limited? Is that these people? <laughs> They're the... Uh, they own the IP. They hired but, uh, an extractor to go into the Cooking Mama CEO's dreams and convince <laughs> him that it was okay to scam people. <laughs> Inception jokes. I just want more. I just want there to be more corporate espionage. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, so this was eventually disputed when an anonymous dev on the team spoke to Screen Rant. Uh, coming up again, uh, about how the publisher was smacking down requests from the IP owner to polish or cancel the game, and that even the big N was contacted at one point to try and stop the production. This was when the leaker's employer, First Playable, came out denying the person's claims. So we'll never really know if that was true or not. Who did Nintendo say, we don't care if the crypto money melts their switches, they just buy <laughs> new switches? <laughs> yeah, just get a Switch Lite then, it's fine. Then Planet proceeded to shoot back on Twitter the same day, saying that they had every right to put out Cookstar in its current form. According to them, Cooking Mama Limited slash Office Create approved the design, followed up on these approvals, and listened to their suggestions on changes. Their last comment on the matter. 
Unfortunately, creative differences arose as Cooking Mama Cookstar was near completion that were outside the scope of our agreement and the game design approved by Office Create. By contrast, Planet is fully within its right to publish Cooking Mama Cookstar. There is no active litigation of ruling that prevents Planet from publishing the game. So now I don't know who to fucking believe, because as of this recording, right now, that was pretty much the end of it. Uh, if there is a lawsuit ongoing, it must either be held up or things were just stealthily dismissed. Again, not dissimilar from what we, uh, uh, Chris brought up before. It seemed that both sides each simultaneously had their wins and losses from the ordeal. The PS4 version has yet to see the light of day, but the Australian and European prints on Switch made it to market without major pushback. The Nintendo eShop continues to not host the title. I looked for it on their formal database myself. The game was reinstated on the developer website again, though, on their list of completed works, uh, despite the Cooking Mama people not acknowledging it that it exists on theirs. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from that, used and new copies are still floating around. They're surprisingly not very expensive, probably due to hardly anyone really realizing what happened uh, or caring. But hey, uh, one day they might be for those trying to fulfill their Switch libraries. Who knows? Maybe I'll even get one. At least this artifact of gaming nonsense doesn't feature any uh, underage nudity. Um, so you never you know. know. You never know with <laughs> yeah. you. But that's the story of Cooking Mama Cookstar. Truly one of the industry's most bizarre controversies of the modern era. So what do you guys think? Uh, the game itself obviously isn't important here, but who do you feel is in the right? And I have one thing Who do you think will win the suit? Because it didn't come up. Oh, the cock thing. Coke. <laughs> Okay, so there are a bunch tell, of right there the... are a bunch of right wing billionaire asshats in America named the Koch brothers that own Coke Enterprises, I believe I their think company it's name industries, is. Maybe. Coke Industries, thank you. Okay. Spelled K O C H, not like the soda C O K E. That's a separate conglomerate. Yes. But there is another company based out of Austria named Coke Media. Better known as the holdings company was, was that owns say, Deep Silver. If they're a holdings group, then it's just snatching up, like... No, they own Deep Silver. They publish games. They own Deep Silver? Yes. Oh, okay. Also, Sorry. You, you said that, but I assumed that was, like, a partnership no. thing, like... It, it is the parent company of Deep Silver, and their parent company, because Coke Media was purchased, is uh, THQ Nordic. Yeah. Yeah. So... When this whole thing broke out, I remember a lot of people freaking out because the Koch brothers were profiting off of stealing Cooking Mama or something like that. <laughs> it's not the Koch brothers. It is Coke Media. It's spelled the same. They are two entirely different companies from well, two entirely different countries. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh... if, if one grubby fucking millionaire who funnels his money into right-wing politics was trying to steal something precious from people. <laughs> That's I, true. I am glad that you kind of revealed that though because that would explain the extreme reaction that the mm -hmm. the people on this discord and on twitter were having yes because if you do loose research like that that's why i was like it, what the it's, fuck <laughs> yeah it's, it's easy to jump to that kind of conclusion yes coke media wow. is an austrian company that owns deep silver and they are owned by thq nordic and have absolutely nothing to do with the shitty Koch brothers. But do have a lot to do with video games. Yes. <laughs> owners of Saints Row. So, I mean, uh, yes, the new owners of Saints Row. Yes. See what they'll do with it. But, well, I guess it's not new. When did THQ go under? Because three, 3 and 4 were not 
under that. No, number. four yeah. was published by Deep Silver. Four was. They went under between three and four. Okay, that's what it was. Um, don't learn forget, more get about out of hell. That. Let's, uh, learn more about that when we eventually get to a THQ episode. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I loved looking all this up, but then it, it kind of fizzled out to a point of just a lot of, like, shoulder shrugging. So I was going to say, thanks for letting me know about the theme, because you guys have pretty much the exact same story <laughs> in a weird way. I do not. But the running theme will be that all three of our stories just kind of end with, like, I don't know. That was weird. That was weird, right? Yeah, that was crazy. Like, who knows? <laughs> But it, I, man, being online uh, when the the crypto stuff was like breaking and all that was just like, what the fuck is going on with this goddamn I, game? Crypt, <laughs> stupid Chris, ass switch. Chris like, jokes about it melting switches, but like, I don't know how you do that because crypto mining does. Yeah, totally. Yeah. CPU, right? literally, literally melted GPUs that are worth more on their own than the Nintendo Switch. Uh, so I, I did see quotes later that I can't verify were directly from people at uh, Blue Planet, um, the the developer. But there were like they claim that there was only a couple people on staff that were like really campaigning for that, mm. and PR just kind of went with it. And then actual people are programming are like. They don't know jack shit about what they're talking about. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, <laughs> like, like if you're if you're going to press conferences and and being like, we're going to utilize our own blockchain tech and have our own cryptocurrency, but all the projects that they're involved in are like shitty mobile games and I, I guess like Switch. Are you stuff, telling then... me? Are you telling me that a scammer who's bad at what they do made a cryptocurrency? Because that's something that's never <laughs> happened before. Well, I'm, I'm tripping over my words a bit because I don't know a lot about this kind of thing, but I do know that there is some hardware demand in... Yes. <laughs> for, for those of you that don't know crypto mining, what it entails, at least for mining Ethereum and Bitcoin and all the popular ones... It directly correlates to the it, it the, is, the video card it is problem. A series of of, people it is a series of encrypted... It files that can only be decrypted using a certain randomly generated code and what computers are doing is a a whole lot of very complex math very quickly to be the first one to decrypt that code more than what the switch could handle absolutely or a cell phone or anything <laughs> it's the kind of thing where it's like your computer will just do it until it literally melts yeah because it, it, no computer on the planet can like do it perfectly and not run super hot and waste a bunch of energy. <laughs> I mean, there's still like a, a used market for people that are pawning off their, mm -hmm. like their burnt out cards. It, yep. But again, like I just want to know who believed this. Like, how? People are weird, man. Yeah. The same people who are like Coke. I know that name. <laughs> did zero <laughs> research. Yeah. But at the end, it all just turns out it was a uh, just companies going at it about uh, a shitty product. That's Hot Button's motto. <laughs> companies going at it over a shitty product. And then all the fans came in. Well, all that being said, you're up, Austin. What you got for us? All right. Oh, and uh, uh, sorry, real quick, just special thanks to Ethan Gotch of Kotaku for their coverage on this saga. It was very helpful during my research. Yes, that's where I read about it. All right, what's next? Anybody on the podcast mobile gamer? No. I played uh, Genshin Impact on my phone for a little bit. <laughs> okay. Although I will point out the meme that Jason posted about, like, <laughs> in regards to me, like, not playing mobile stuff. And then when everybody got into Among Us, I was like, free on mobile. <laughs> yeah. And when I did 
didn't have to buy a five dollar version on Steam, so I guess I'm a hypocrite to a has degree. It, has anybody on the podcast ever heard of a game called Clash of Clans? Uh, <laughs> have I been on YouTube? Yes, I have. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've seen an ad within the last five years. Okay. Yeah, they That's have a, they had Super Bowl ads for yes. that fucking game with Does like celebrities. Anybody on the podcast heard of a game called Castle Clash? No, uh, it's so <laughs> generic that like maybe, yeah. but I can't. Of course you haven't because it's the worst name. Yeah. But my topic today is going to focus around video game advertising. Hey. How does one advertise video games? Uh, you not, you not... do what EA did and you put billboards and burnout and battlefield that sure. advertise it's Subway not, or whatever. It's not the simplest task. It's not a movie trailer. Most of the experience of video games comes from actually playing them. A lot how of word you, of mouth. We've how do you convey the feeling of actually playing a game when you can't give people the game to play? Demos. Well, Rentals. Video games were originally advertised using print media. Uh, anything from some text and some screenshots all the way up to sexually exploitive pictures of women <laughs> that also featured small screenshots and a little bit of info about the game. Thanks, Neo Geo. Yeah. As Americans moved away from print media and to the television, video games followed. Uh, me and Randy uh, recently watched some old video game commercials. <laughs> yes, it's always fun. Uh, they are great. Yeah. But I would wonderful. say pre like 2005 ish, they're all phenomenal. Yeah. Because they're all. Well, not true, because 07, you had those Halo Believe ads. Still the gold standard. True. And Gears and of War. And 06 was yeah. the, the PlayStation oh. Baby ads, which were oh, God. phenomenal. And the fucking PSP ads with the squirrels. <laughs> Terrible. Um. <laughs> Nothing will beat that uh, N64 Smash Brothers one, though. Yeah. You're making me want to dig through all my magazines, by the way. I have, like, a stack of them. There's some good somewhere. print ads, yeah. too. I have a, an old Nintendo magazine, too. Uh, it's just, like, a random Nintendo one. Power? Like, yeah. 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 Here's the problem, some good though. good shit in there. Around the dawn of the mid-360 PS3 era to the dawn of the Xbox One PS4 era. to lose era, that a little. TV became less of an advertising driver, especially for the audience of people that for the are audience of people that to typically play, game play games. Sure. One, yeah. So, what did advertisers do? Well, they moved from the TV to the internet. Um, oh, I've heard of that. And, and advertising evolved with the times. Started out as banner ads in the early days of the internet, mm. all the way to whole site ads that you had to oh. click through before you could use the actual you're, site. You're bringing back bad memories uh-huh. of IGN Jeez. for a while. Then, with the invention of online video, came online video ads that were previously unskippable, but you block, ad block. When was the last time you used a browser without it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a nightmare. You can't use fucking ad block if you want to read a Eurogamer article, so. After video fell to the wayside came podcast ads for games. Uh, we, we uh, could use some of those. Yeah, along with uh, <laughs> along with sponsored content of people playing the game and pretending like to like it. Stuff, yeah. Even mobile ads inside of other mobile games. Oh, yeah. Um, Especially if you have the free versions of stuff. Uh, yeah, but the problem is all of those can also be expensive. The dawn of internet ads also came with the dawn of the indie game. People with not, no advertising budget. Yeah. Uh, what do you do then? They well, depend the most on like word of mouth, good reviews. Word of mouth, obviously. If you have a little bit of money, you exploit the loneliness of gamers. Get their favorite streamer or uh, YouTuber uh-oh. to exploit the unhealthy parasocial relationship that they formed and sell them a product. <laughs> Capitalism. I don't like, I don't like uh, it. Or you can, can have an ad with big boobs and be like, oh, you won't believe how much you want to play <laughs> this game. Yeah, you can. You can do that. 
Or you can make those fucking mobile ads where it's like, hey, you want to play this puzzle game? And then you download it and it's like another Clash of Clans ripoff. <laughs> fucking, those are the worst. You ever see the, the ones on like Facebook now that's just like, are you a dipshit? Like, they're, they're, like yeah. they make fun of you and yeah. call you dumb. They're like, like this, level, level one player and then level 50 player. Yeah. yeah. No, literally, they're like, they, it's like these puzzle ads that are just meant to antagonize you. Like, or just be like, oh, no, I'm smart. Yeah, <laughs> I saw one on Twitter the other day that it was like, only people. <laughs> People in the top 10% of IQs can yeah. solve this, and it was unsolvable. Yeah. <laughs> it was an unsolvable puzzle. Jeez. But even with those avenues, and I should say, there are a lot of games that just genuinely spread through word of mouth. Yeah. Games like Bob is You and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Great games. But what we do. even those avenues are Tell loaded with people trying to peddle their games. Yeah, so what's you the know, step above this? There's only so just many streamers. Injected into my brain. Where else can you go? And what else do you do? Well, if we've learned anything from my little spiel here, is that there are three ways to advertise on the internet when you're advertising video games. Number one, exploit people's need for connection. Number two, exploit their loneliness. Or number three, exploit their horniness. <laughs> or all uh, three, like variations of What them. if somebody found a way to exploit all three? They'd be rolling in money, right? Oh. Right? Man. Well, in April of 2014, the dating app Tinder started to get reports of bots popping up on their relatively popular <laughs> dating app. Wait, Sorry, around when? Wait, what, around wait, when? What? What? To April 2014. Okay. Beginning of the 360. Yeah. Or the yeah, yeah. Xbox One, PS4 era. Now, for, t for those of you that don't know, Tinder is a dating app. You see a picture of a person. There's a profile, but it really doesn't matter. You swipe right if they're hot. You swipe left if they're not. You know, then if, they, if you swipe right on somebody, they swipe right on you. You match. Then you have a very stilted conversation, and they call you names. Just <laughs> from personal experience, I don't know how the app is supposed to actually work. Anyway, for Tinder, and for those of us that have tried to use Tinder, as I'm sure everybody on this podcast has at one point used it, yep. bots are nothing new no. at all. No. Uh, accounts with stolen pictures will match with literally everybody that comes up in their feed. I didn't even think about the implications if, of that. If you swipe dark. right on them, then you'll get a message from them with varying levels of convincing yeah, it's, uh, it, it, some it, of them are just like, like "Hello, AOL would you like bot, to yeah. would you like to see me naked? <laughs> Click this link." <laughs> and then some of them, I've had ones before that were just like, "Hey, I'm just chilling in uh, uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, on my uh, at the Burger King at the Burger King around the corner." <laughs> yeah, and you're just like, "Whoa, this is I a person." I love Burger King. <laughs> yeah. well, well, apparently, some of those bots, the way that they build their conversations is just to collect data in the same way that those AIM ones did, but just in a slightly yeah. more like they're they're slightly higher on the Turing scale. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's still just like you can break them very quickly, but they're weirdly oh, yeah. like good at just like deflecting questions and vaguely just being like. Yeah, some yeah. of them will block you if you use the words bot, robot, or anything oh, that's like funny. that. Yeah, but they'll so because but if they'll they block you, you, if they block you, yeah, messages get deleted. You can't screenshot it. Oh, I didn't think about that. All right, because they'll just collect what's trending right now, and it's like, have you seen the latest Marvel movie? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they can all carry a conversation with varying levels of success. They've gotten better over the years too, but they usually end on the same spot. What do you like? Something along the lines of, I don't like Tinder. Here's a link to a video <laughs> chat, which then leads you to a porn website or something trying to get your credit card or it some It leads to a porn website, website if you're lucky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're lucky. 
Now, I'm sure Tinder probably gets reports of bots daily, and most of their job at this point is probably trying to get rid of them. Um, I assume a lot of people have a pretty good eye for that kind of thing. They recently have, I don't know how recently, because I don't use Tinder every day, but they added a verification system where you can verify that you're an actual person. It's like Facebook where you like, have oh, yeah, to prove you. Oh, yeah, they had integration with other yeah. stuff before. Um, and you could report, at least back when I used it, you could like report things for being bots. But Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's Tinder, so but the you problem take a is... picture of your dick next to your ID <laughs> and then send it in. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, we can't confirm this is you. Send a nut. But yeah, on this fateful month of April, Tinder was getting a lot of reports of bots, but this time they were different. There was no credit card scam involved, and there was no porn at all involved. The accounts instead were talking about a video game. The game that these bot accounts were talking about was the aforementioned Castle Clash, a shitty Clash of Clans knockoff made by a company from Singapore named IGG.com. See, I was going to guess that initially, but I didn't want to be like if you presumptuous go, in a way that could be seen as insensitive. I love when a company's <laughs> name is just their website. You know it's yeah. legit. You know it's legit when their website is just the name of the company. If you look into IGG.com's Apple page or Android page, they make like 15 Clash of Clans ripoffs and that's it. I don't know how they're in business, but... <laughs> it's not like Twitter's business is called Twitter.com. Like, that's what it says on their business plan. Yeah. But I have here what I could gather from screenshots people shared. Of profiles? Of the transcript. Oh. I've seen profiles, okay. and we'll get to that. But here's the transcript that the bot used. It wasn't very smart. Hey, smiley face. And then you would respond with a, how are you doing, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the bot would respond, how are you doing? <laughs> User would respond, and it would say, haha, still got a headache from last night. Geeky girls know how to have fun. Right oh. now I'm relaxing and playing Castle Clash on my phone. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, very subtle. Yeah. And- then no matter what you sent back, the bot would respond, have you heard of the game? Then again, no matter what you sent back, the bot would respond with a URL, http colon slash slash www.tinderverified.com slash castle clash. And then the bot would respond directly under that link that says, see me naked? Play with me and you might get my phone number, <laughs> winky face. Uh, <laughs> after that, any message is- naive, I need to- were not responded to after that. The bot was had done its yeah. job. This is the worst sequel to Ex Machina ever. Yeah. Now, the weird thing was that, like I said, there are a million Tinder bots, and they're all advertising shady scams, not stuff that you could, like, point to a Wikipedia page and say it's them, you know? Like, it's not a corporation messaging you. It's some scammer. But this was a company. <laughs> it's not like we a want public your company with, like, a social yeah. media presence and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, now it's just DraftKings that yeah. does it. <laughs> Somebody posted, there's a Reddit r slash Tinder where people talk about the app and, and its features and whatever. Mm-hmm. I didn't explore too much on that because I imagine it probably gets a little misogynistic, but that's just yeah. my guess. But I did find it. say that guess is likely true. <laughs> but I found, I found a thread on r slash Tinder where somebody basically, people will post when they get into conversation with bots because people find funny ways to fuck with the bots. <laughs> so a guy found a funny way to fuck with the bot. He posted a screenshot, which is where I got the transcript of the thing from. Yeah. Only to have his post flood with other screenshots and comments of people in the exact same conversation. Oh, these were out there. With girls from all over the U.S., not with men? No, just girls. All Sexist. over the U.S. Well, 
Uh, is women <laughs> women are smarter. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> different uh, pictures, different names, different locations, but all of them the exact same transcript, the exact same link. Yeah. Sorry, you might have said this and I missed it, but from around the world or the United States, like. The United States. Okay. Yeah. And I'll get to that. I don't know exactly how much of the world Tinder operates in, but I do know there is a UK Tinder. Uh, yeah, I guess I assume other regions would probably have their own equivalent. That they do. Maybe something but, else. But, but there, uh, Tinder predominantly or, or I guess is. Tinder might not even operate in America. it, but there are other dating apps that do similar stuff around the world to yeah. to, uh, to <clears throat> Tinder. But Tinder uh, is a U.S. company, I know that. And this bot was specifically targeting the United States. Many of these users shared experiences with various Tinder bots, but none with a known culprit, like I said. Uh, usually it's a shady scam not done with a company with an online presence. Uh, and people compared how odd it was that this, it just seemed like a mobile ad. If you click, yeah. a, a few people were brave okay. enough to click on the tinderverified.com slash castle I wouldn't be. <laughs> and it brings you to the download page for the app. It's not requesting oh, okay. any credit card information just, or anything. It's just the, the store page? like the, yeah. on, the, the on whatever phone you're Google, on or, yeah. you know. Jesus. Tinder was obviously not happy. Not only do they want to preserve the usability of their app and, and keep people away from these bots because it drives people away from the say, app. This was back in 2014. Maybe they cared a little more about yeah. that. <laughs> but they were also not too <laughs> happy about... about integrity. Yeah. They were also not too happy about people snagging tinderverified.com because it kind of made it seem like Tinder was in on it. Uh, you know? oh, wait a second. That's not like yeah. an official link? from. No, it's not. Oh, shit. Yeah. Is, is, I mean, is that not dissimilar from how, like, you get Twitter verified or? There are Tinder verified, but tinderverified.com is not a website. I oh, oh. Tinder's not even a website. Tinder's a No, there's only. no, yeah, because there's no, there's no uh, desktop, desktop equivalent. Or a browser right? version. Yeah. Tinder's statement on the matter. We are aware of the accounts in question and are taking the necessary steps to remove them, ensuring an authentic ecosystem has always been and will continue to be our top priority. <laughs> okay, you could have you could have just said you're removing it. You don't have to lie. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> Bunch of saints over there. Listen, nobody hates Tinder more than me. <laughs> I am the only one on this podcast who has openly told them to go fuck themselves on air. You should. You should. Oh well, well, yeah, that was like a, during quarantine. Yeah. yeah. Why aren't you swiping while we're all like in lockdown? Like. <laughs> You should answer every Tinder message if it's like, hey, hey, you should be the first one to say, God, I'm just dying to play some Castle Clash <laughs> just in case. Yep. Oh, my <laughs> God. Now, yeah, turn if it the I other way. Be if I, wasn't, if I wasn't so alone, I would just destroy my Tinder profile <laughs> and just copy pasta the shit out of that. Somebody's like, hey, how's it going? And then, oh, and then when, they, re when they respond, when they respond, I'll just say, my head still hurts from last night, LOL. Geeky girls know how to have fun. What? Yeah, you know, by the way, that is that implying that, like, oh, I was so drunk or yeah. I was out partying? Mm -hmm. okay. I think so. But yeah, but not no, explicitly saying. No, what it, no, I think it's saying that you get a sorry, headache. Sorry, menstruation headache headache headaches. playing so many mobile games. Yeah, yeah this game <laughs> gives you a headache. I don't, oh There's no way where that sentence makes any fucking sense at all. <laughs> Anyway. I've got a migraine. you got to try it, too. This is where the story comes to my attention. Two investigations were launched, one by the well-known tech website TechCrunch, as well yeah. as security firm Bitdefender. That I don't uh, know. Who research, they research scams and 
and hacks and things like that. Noble. Uh, yeah. When reached for comment by TechCrunch, IGG did not respond. However, when reached for comment by Bitdefender, IGG responded with the following. We are already aware of the issue, and we are currently investigating into it. We are also being victimized in this issue. Therefore, we are grateful for being informed. <laughs> not an English company, but they're claiming that they're the victim in this, too. Well, that's, that that's where I was. This isn't them. Kind of giggling yeah. at so either the company is lying or somebody has decided to commit a felony <laughs> to advertise for a game they have nothing to do with. But TechCrunch has a theory in their article that is somewhere in between the two and probably the most logical answer. They were probably the victim of a pay-per-install scheme. Anybody aware of what this is? No. no. You can kind there. of surmise yeah. from the name. Yeah. Basically, in the world of app advertising, you can pay people money to advertise your app for you. And instead of paying them a lump sum, you pay them per, per app install, install that they bring in. Right. Okay. I kind of knew that stuff like that existed, but I never really... It is a much more scummy thought. world than it sounds, however, because usually in order to track the app installs they bring scummy. in, it goes through a routing URL like tinderverified.com slash casualclash. And some of those URLs can link you to other advertisements, some scams, and some of them can just flat out track you you know what you're doing their theory here is that igg paid somebody to increase app downloads of their app castle clash and that that company instead of just advertising like everybody else <laughs> went into the process of creating fake tinder bots to do just that and increase app installs yeah that's elaborate like mm -hmm. it's elaborate that was like, definitely like some like that company's got like 10 employees and they were just like i got an idea <laughs> Bitdefender was able to track down a little bit more. They found out who owns the URL, tinderverified.com. It is not, in fact, Tinder. It is owned by people that are known for this thing. This scam was being performed globally, but mm. the target was geo-specific. The U.S. users got ads for Castle Clash, while European users uh, were linked to shady surveys promising gift cards to Tesco. Which is gotcha. a UK much more, supermarket. Much more, oh. Euro, much more European than a much more European style over <laughs> I there. Say, I was going to say, we get gift card yeah. scams too, but I didn't know what that, who we that was. We get big boob video game ads, they get gift card <laughs> scams. Yeah, that lines up. <laughs> the bots being used for this all used pictures that were stolen off of a server hosted by an Arizona-based photography studio. Pictures were also being used for fake Facebook and fake Tinder profiles oh, as well. So all those Probably people had... for much more nefarious reasons. Yeah. Man, ima that's so fucked up. Imagine if you saw, like, if you were, Yourself like... on Tinder? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you got, like, a headshot done once? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's fucked up. Holy shit. Like I said before... She's getting images. Come on. This, unfortunately, brings us to our shoulder shrug. Uh, yeah. What came of all of this? Well... We still don't know who's responsible. We know the company that owns the URL, but URLs can be owned by separate people and yeah. sold to people. Uh, so we don't actually know if, if the URL owner was the one doing the scam yeah, or if, the, if Tinder Verified was just a URL hosting thing. Scam, we're, um, scamming, we're scamming Clash of Clans <laughs> over here. We're destabilizing a democracy over here. We do all sorts <laughs> of things with our bots. Yeah. <laughs> all through Tinder, yeah. Tinder now has the problem under control as far as this game is concerned. There are still plenty of bots and other shitty things on Tinder. Yeah. But the bots are gone. At least these bots. Well, what, did they uh, move on to Bumble and OkCupid okay, next? Or just 
Castle Clash got a bunch of free press because a million news articles were being spread about how there was a scam revolving around their game. Here's the thing. That's one way to do it. That was the real marketing scam. That's what you don't get That's exactly what I have written down. Oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. The news articles being spread around this scam may have been the point in this weird fucked up meta meta place we are at with advertising. (laughs) That'd be fucking dope. What a a Such thing as bad publicity. Yeah, so this game is still up on the... It is. I downloaded it. I played it. It sucks. Uh, (laughs) And lastly, as of the writing, or as of this recording, sorry, uh, the URL tinderverified.com is dead, but the URL is being sold for a whopping $2,600. Still not owned by Tinder, though. Why don't they just... I don't know. (laughs) Like... But yeah, that is the yeah, end of they our. They should Tinder buy that so some other scammer doesn't fucking lock that down. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, all right. So now let's make a Patreon and try and accumulate enough profit Yo. to buy that. <laughs> I was thinking about this while I was writing it. What if we scratched together twenty six hundred dollars? Yes. Bought hey, t- bought- how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm just. I got a headache from listening <laughs> to some top button last night. <laughs> That's exactly what I was about to say. You know, these geeky girls just... Yeah, listen to an episode and maybe you can get my phone number. I got so fucked up on Hot Button last night. (laughs) I'm just chilling, listening about Kurt Schilling owing Rhode Island a bunch of money. What are you doing? Um... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have been going about this all wrong. That's the end of my story. Not in a super eventful topic, but hilarious nonetheless. Uh, I, I had to. Look, bring, that was fun. I look. had to bring it because my first three were not nearly as funny. No, we <laughs> you guys all, had all the funny stuff. We stories. all brought the humor today. We yeah. have cooking, sex, and theft. That's right. That's it. All mm-hmm. bases covered. Look, and then once we do that, a bunch of people will write articles about our scam, and then hop in and get a bunch of press, and then we'll come out with that that was our plan the entire time. <laughs> All along. <laughs> yeah, we're the victims here, too. Yeah. <laughs> we just hired a shady website in the Cayman Islands to advertise our podcast. <laughs> we didn't know people would get scammed. We didn't know people would get scammed. Anyway, click this link, and you'll get a gift card to... <laughs> Seven Eleven to Tesco. <laughs> what is Tesco? Is it's a UK supermarket. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's I, like Acme or oh. Giant. I was hoping it was more like a convenience store, like a... or Vons. Vons rules. Any of our West Coast listeners? I was gonna say, what the hell's a Vons? Vons is like a West Coast shop, right? They rule. Oh man. Every all time the good I stuff work over there. Every time I work, made me go to the West Coast. First thing I do, go to Vons, get some Tapatio Doritos, yeah. a two liter of Cactus Cooler, yeah, and then the Vons homemade salsa and chips, <laughs> and then I just survive <laughs> off that for a week. It was great. What was the one called in uh, in Canada that we saw? It had a very silly name. Oh, uh, it was like something couch. Couchtard or Couchtard? something? Couchtard? Yeah. Couch? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know what it translates it's, to. It's, it's in it's French. French yeah. It was in Montreal. It, their their logo was an owl. That was more like a Seven Eleven. Yeah, not yeah, a yeah, supermarket. That's... And they had alcohol and awesome candy. Yeah, that's all yep. I need. Yep. <laughs> well, that's microtransactions for. Yes. <laughs> Yay! Thank you for listening. Happy holidays! By the time this comes out. Yeah flying through this year yeah 
this is your first episode. Not only do we have three more microtransactions episodes, but we have like 80 more podcasts on top of that. <laughs> is your are head you, hurting? Are you playing all are you playing all your Christmas gifts that you got or your Xbox Series X? Uh then go listen to our episodes on the Xbox. Nobody uh, can get those. Did you get Kingdoms of Amalur re-reckoning for Christmas? Then go <laughs> listen to our Kingdoms of Amalur episode. Did you get a copy of Oblivion <laughs> that's, rated, <laughs> that's rated <laughs> teen? <laughs> Find out why it's rated teen. You get a uh, copy of San Andreas? Yeah. Like... Did you get a copy? adults-only copy of San Andreas? <laughs> you curious about the Supreme Court? <laughs> did your parents get you a copy of the guy game? Yeah. Did you get too human? Or the original Prey? Uh, Duke Nukem Forever? How much do your parents hate you? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, thanks for listening. Unboxing uh, your virtual boy? You can find all these... You can find out what the hell we're talking about with all these weird references Activating and more. Activating your at hotbuttoncast.com. And you can also check out our socials, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Hot Button Cast. Request a topic. Uh, you can request a topic on the website. You can find yeah. us on all the podcast services. I don't know which ones rate or what. I don't. I'm a programmer by trade, but I don't know what algorithms are. So, <laughs> like and subscribe. Nope, that's YouTube. Rate and review. Yeah. yeah. Rate. <laughs> yeah. We're rate, review, and swipe left. That's how you get the Hot Button content. No, you no, want to swipe right. You want to swipe right. That's the good one. Oh, oh okay. Sorry. <laughs> left goes is the sh- bad one. Goes to, show you the le- goes to show you my experience with these things. <laughs> but yes, on a, poli- on a political... Swipe up for a super like. On a political on ideological spectrum, swipe left. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Please, tomorrow is going to... That was a communism joke. Anyway, I'm running out of material here, so we'll talk to you... I think in the new year? Later. So we'll see you in 2021. (laughs) Happy New Year. Thanks for listening.